This is The Shift Podcast. Coming up on The Shift Daily Podcast with me, guest host, Eric Chapman. Woohoo! I get out of every body of water, including the pool, like there's a shark chasing me. So you probably won't be surprised with my answer to are you okay with swimming in lakes? In case you missed it, the Oscars happened. A bunch of rich celebrities gave themselves awards. Congratulations. And there is light at the end of the tunnel, and we can see it. The WHO says so. That's coming up on the podcast. Rate it. Subscribe to it. Tell your friend. Mail your grandma. Do what you got to do. Just get it in your ear hole. And it starts right now. Are you okay with buying birthday presents? No, I hate buying any presents of any type. Yeah, me too. No, I'm not. I'm not okay <laughs> with buying birthday presents. <laughs> you, is it because you guys can't pick good presents, or? Uh, you know, I don't know what it is. No, actually, I'm really good. I'm quite thoughtful, and I'm I'm a really great person when it comes to picking things out for people. I just don't care. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I know it sounds weird, but I, I never got a lot of gifts growing up. Like I barely, I got really mm. bad Christmas presents and you know, I, I, I just, I don't, I'm not into like occasions like Valentine's day. Like I, I, I love my lover every day and mother's day. I love my mom all the time. And I give her like when she needs something, I help her, I call her all the time. So even birthday, I haven't, I haven't bought my mom a birthday present in disgustingly, probably at least five or six years, at least or Christmas. I, I just tend to overthink and then I think myself out of getting gifts altogether because I overthink it. <laughs> hmm. I just, yeah, the first thing that comes to mind yeah. is usually what I end up getting. I love giving the gifts. Uh, yeah, you seem like the type. I, but it's it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, the whole love language stuff? Yes. Like that's one of mine is giving gifts. Giving gifts. Okay. I don't know why. It just clicks with me. So See, I love giving birthday presents. Mine's are, are physical Even touch. Physical touch and words of affirmation are my love languages, right. just so you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is it? What is it you like most about it, Ryan? Is just the seeing the joy on the other person's face or yep. just, you know, all that stuff? It's like, it's just an extra way to show that you care and show yeah, yeah. you love someone and, yeah. the, and it's a different way of doing that I guess is uh, right but then usually like it's awkward because I'll put in this crazy thought and then I <laughs> not, might not always get that back but that's not because they're not they don't love me it's just they're they, they do gifts differently so I had to get used to that after a while and be like no this is just because I put in way too much effort to this. that's tough to get over I bet you that took a while because I would feel the same way it's like that uh, office episode where Michael Scott gets the the iPad or the uh the uh the iPod for the gift and it was only supposed to be five bucks but everybody feels oh, bad yeah, before right, after yeah. yeah it's like I I feel like that would be it too because if I spent a lot of time and effort and you got me like a Hot Wheels car I'd be like you know, it's not the thought that counts. I want something cool and from the heart, man. Like, put some effort into it. But I guess that's just me. But a Japanese man has been arrested after faking being as many as 35 relationships at the same time. That sounds horrible. That Even faking that sounds like hell. In order to get gifts from fake birthdays or for fake birthdays, 39-year-old Takashi Miyagawa was arrested for defrauding 35 women after pretending to be serious about them, the part... Oh, this guy's just a scumbag. The part-time worker from Kansai, Kansai region in the southern area of Japan told him all 
he had different birthdays in order to make sure he had a constant supply of presents. I mean, I hate him, but it's a really good idea. In one of the cases, Miyagawa told a 47-year-old lover that his birthday was on the 22nd of February, but his real birthday was on November 13th. According to Japanese news site Sorani News 24, the total number of women who fell victim to Miyagawa stands at 35. He scammed the women out of a total of around 1,200 Canadian. Whew, that sounds exhausting, having to fake yeah. 35 <laughs> birthdays. Say, yeah. That's a lot of work for not a crazy high oh, return. And like, right. 35? Oh. Is it is it really, like, I like a birthday, but you kind of lose the luster yeah. if you have more than one a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's your birthday. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe yeah. one a month. Do 12. Okay, that's mid- yeah. maybe more reasonable. But month day. Th- yeah, right. <laughs> Happy month day. But 35, yeah. I don't even think I know 35 people close enough to celebrate their birthdays. <laughs> Probably not. No. Me neither, no. Man. I feel bad for the women. I was just going to say like, that. This is a nice guy. Yeah. And then he's just there for like a $40 birthday present. Well, and what if one of them's like you, Ryan, and is like, oh, I'm really going to put like, I'm going to put $100. I'm going to like get this like engraved and all this stuff like that would be extra disappointing imagine ryan going through your gifting process and realizing that you're the 35th gift out of 35 that's that's painful see that's why i don't bother with gifts this is another reason why you just don't bother i mean come on anyways i'm gonna tell that to my next relationship i have if i ever have oh i'm actually texting with a girl right now i'm so excited i'm so excited we met on hinge Oh, wow. Yeah. I've yeah. never used that one. And we've been talking for a couple weeks now, and we're going to maybe meet soon. We're going to meet today, but then I got called in to do this show. Oh, oh I'm so excited. I think I'm getting catfished because she's so attractive. I'm oh, freaking no, out. Oh, don't think I'm that. like, oh, my goodness. This isn't real. She th- No, no. Anyways, we'll see how it goes. I, I love talking about my relationships, and I'll keep you updated. Okay, let's move on to this next one. Are you okay with swimming in a lake? You know yeah. what? No, I don't like swimming in lakes a lot. Too cold? Leeches. Oh, oh good point. I don't know where that's, they're going to be. That's a fair. Yeah. I've, I've swam in many a lake in my time, yep. and I've never <laughs> been bitten or attached to a leech before. Knock on, really? knock on wood. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it's just weird. Nice one. It's just weird. It doesn't hurt. It's just weird. Well, see, I'm, is, yeah. I'm from Ontario, and the Ew. big thing, like, you're not near the ocean, the big summer thing was to, like, go to the lake. So I grew up with lakes and swimming in lakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's ingrained in me. Is it? Yeah. You're and not I've afraid been, of leeches? No, I've been, like, you know, nudged by fish and oh, stepped yeah. in seaweed and all that yeah. stuff. I'm pretty desensitized to what's yeah. under. I don't know if there is even leeches in Ontario. Lakes, I don't know if so. we can we can take your opinion on anything because you're always on the level. So it doesn't. That's true. It's just, yeah. that, that's not going to fluctuate. You know what? Even I'll, I'll admit this too. Even if it, if I'm in a lake or even a swimming pool, I get out of that thing like there's a shark, and it's a thing in my head, and I, I still do it. I still do it to this day, and I don't. It's just this thing. I I got to get out of the water. I got to get out now, or something bad's going to happen. So yeah, I'm not okay with swimming in a lake. Nearly 30 years after it was written and tossed into a lake in Leduc, Alberta, a message in a bottle has resurfaced. See, I went to Thunder Lake a lot, which is northwest of Edmonton near Barhead, and there's leeches in that lake. Let me tell you about it. Michelle Schwengler was part of a community cleanup effort at Telford Lake last week when she saw the bottle floating in the water. She told Global News it was a weird bottle and it looked old. When she was closer, she saw several letters. 
Here's more from Global, Global's Nicole Stilger. So she smashed it open, and inside there was a note from a young girl written in 1993. I know I don't know you, but I would like to know who you are. I thought, oh my gosh, I have left so many messages and bottles as a kid, and now I'm actually finding one? The mission now? Track down the author. So Schwengler posted on social media. We found a message in a bottle, a legit message in a bottle. Within 24 hours, somebody had reached out and said, I think I was friends with this girl no. growing up in elementary school. And with that, she found Daryl Ann Steffen. Oh. She called me and she's like, I may have put a letter in a bottle that you found. I vaguely remember writing, maybe throwing it in the lake with my friend. It's really neat that it's still still there and to see my writing after so many years still on the page and still legible, it was it was pretty cool. Stefan says she's not really sure what led her to write the message back when she was eight years old. I had lots of those fun imaginative ideas when I was when I was young. But reading the decades old note back and laughing at the detailed drawing of her house, she remembers the goal to make friends. You can visit me on Saturday, June nineteenth, nineteen ninety three. My mom was Really happy to find out I had drawn, drawn all the entrances to our, our home on the, on the picture. So, <laughs> and put our full address. And while no one ended up coming over that June 28 years ago, the message ultimately fulfilled its purpose. I did connect with even more people than I had planned. Signed, Daryl Ann. P.S. See you later. It worked. <laughs> Nicole Stilger, Global News. <laughs> I love that story. I think that's awesome. wonderful. Wow. Did you ever do the uh, time capsules in elementary school or anything, Ryan? Oh, that's a re- I remember doing one time yeah. capsule when I lived in Ontario, yeah. but I've always been fascinated by them. Like there's one yeah. in the floor of a big mall in Calgary called Chinook Mall. Yeah. And it's not, I think it's not going to be open for another 100 years. And I could probably just look up online what's in there. But I want to open it. Oh, I, I love that. Years. I want to open it now. I went to uh, elementary school in Kamiosek in Millwoods, Edmonton, Alberta, and we did one there. And I remember exactly, I can picture it clearly, where we buried it, when we buried it, the cute girl that I had a crush on that was there too, and the horrible teacher that I hated that buried it. And I never found out if they opened it, because I think they were waiting 20, 25 years, which would be much over that. But oh, I would love to see that. And I've also, have you ever geocached? <laughs> As nerdy as it sounds, it's so fun because you're finding little treasures everywhere. And it's really cool. So do that if you're into treasure hunting and you love geocaching. Um, uh, Rob got a text from Rob at 877-399-9898. I love swimming in lakes. The ocean scares me. What's... Is that what that... It's censored. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, you know, the ocean scares me too. I don't like not knowing where the bottom is of things I'm in. So, so in my life, I've found the bottom many times, but when it comes to swimming, I haven't got there yet. And it makes me nervous. I got another one, 877-399-9898. I spent summers in Timmins area, and yes, they have bloodsuckers. See, that was Northern Ontario. I was Southern Ontario. So, okay, yeah, is there a difference? I, yeah. Uh, well, I guess, I guess one's I guess north and one's south. Yeah, one's yeah. north, one's south, and one yeah. has leeches and bloodsuckers in the lake. And I wonder what makes a lake get leeches in it. Because I know they don't go in salt, because that's how you get rid of them. If you get what you pour salt on or you burn them. Well, nothing wants to go in the Great Lakes anymore, so that's, oh, that's that where right? I was near. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? What's wrong with those? Are they smelly? Yeah, they're smelly. I've never been to them. Do you have a favorite of the Great Lakes? 
Uh, yeah, probably like either Superior or Huron. Oh, those are the nice ones. Oh, wow. those are the ones that are still in decent shape. Like Is- Erie and Ontario. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no good. Eh? Better days. No. Do they have leeches? I don't know. Hmm. All right. All right. Let's do this last one quick here. Are you okay with renting a movie? I don't understand the question. Well, to phrase it properly, we had on last month the manager of the last blockbuster in the world. Oh, is it the one in Oregon? Yeah, from the documentary. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we had her on. Oh. And so that's the angle. Are you okay with renting a movie? I rented Mortal Kombat online. (gasps) How was it? Two days. Oh, it's perfect. Oh. Literally one of the best video game movies I've ever seen. I loved yeah. every second of it. Yeah, I mean, it's stupid, I mean. but it's perfect. That's what I love so about it. Yeah, that was great. Okay, I was okay with that, but yeah. I was sad that I didn't get to hold it. Yeah, you know, I didn't get to touch the DVD or the Blu-ray. I yeah, yeah. You know, you're right because I rented Sound of Metal on Thursday, which is wonderful. I definitely recommend it. And Riz got totally, totally, totally robbed for not winning that. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh, I forgot I can even rent a movie. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, what? And then I was like, I actually got my hands in front of me. I was like, oh, I want to like feel it. I want to know what's going on. I want to smell it. And I don't know how to flip. Like, I want to just walk and see everything in front of me, like flipping in categories I don't like. So I, I miss renting movies. I enjoyed the process. So that's a thing. And there, I, I, hey, Ryan, at that Blockbuster, was that, were they doing the, um, the overnight stay thing that you could do there? Did you know about they that? They did the Airbnb for a while they there. Did. I don't think they do it anymore because they actually Probably got quite not. a bit of business. But yeah. yeah. Wow, that would have been great. Okay, here we go. Renting movies online sure is convenient, but the downside is you don't get a chance to hold them in your hands. Right. The upside is you don't need to worry about late fees. <laughs> oh, I never even thought of that. You don't get late fees. Oh, because you only get it for 24 hours. A Texas woman recently learned that she had to deal with a massive late fee. CBS Dallas Fort Worth reports. A former Oklahoma resident found out she was wanted on a felony charge. Get this. Because she failed to return a VHS movie rental 21 years ago. The outstanding arrest warrant for embezzlement was discovered when she tried to renew her Texas driver's license. Karen McBride says she has no memory of renting Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And the video store is long gone. Prosecutors have dismissed the charges. Yeah, I would have said I don't remember renting Sabrina the Teenage Witch either. If it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I would would admit to that because that was a great show. This is the Shift Podcast. And that's what this is. This is Are We Done Yet? Great question. Are we? Well, the dawn is apparently coming. Dr. Peter Singer from the WHO says it. So I talked to UBC Clinical Associate Professor Dr. DeRosa about Dr. Singer's statement. Yeah, I think the implication is there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There it is. Um, I think uh, many of us were have been saying that, but not necessarily seeing when that light is going to be. Uh, I think when the vaccines first came on, uh, we had a lot of optimism, and then the third wave has kind of knocked it back a little. It was a bit unanticipated, and so it just seems like that's going to stretch things out a little longer. So we've definitely been telling people, you know, be patient, and uh, it will come. So it was nice to see someone uh, in official capacity saying that, they can see the uh, that there may be an end of the road here where we can get back to a normal business. Yeah, you, you mentioned a lot of people have been saying it could be soon, it could be June, some people are saying. Do you think it's too soon for Dr. Singer to say this, or you're okay with, you're comfortable with this statement? Geez, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's always 
hard to put a specific timeline on it. Um, just like we've seen with the variants, it does change the ball game, right? So I, I don't know. I, I would love it to be June. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily hang my hat on it and, and say, you know, if it happens that quickly, I think I'd, I'd be more than happy and I'd feel more, you know, I feel very lucky um, anticipating that there are things along the road that may make it a little longer than that. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think we need to temper our taste te- uh, expectations here. Um, yeah. um, what, what, are, what are you referring to that, that might put some bumps in our road here? Well, I think you look at a situation where, you know, variants are occurring and um, you also look at a situation where there seems to be a bit of um, uncertainty about certain vaccination supplies. So, you know, when you look at that, people are projecting um, a timeline that's based on certain assumptions. So if those assumptions are not 100% true, then that changes your, you know, what you're factoring in. What about vaccine equity? And um, what is that? And how much of a role does that play in, in getting us to the to the dawn? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, what it seems like they're alluding to is vaccine equity across the world, which is, you know, harder for me to comment upon. Um, I think that um, what they're what they're really addressing is the fact that, you know, you could look after your own country and get everyone vaccinated there, but there still may pose some danger if you don't look at vaccinating on a global level, right? And we are seeing these situations where certain countries are really uh, in trouble right now. And then with inevitable travel and stuff, they're bringing those kind of variants and situations to other countries, which then can cause subsequent problems. Um, Certainly, locally, I think the goal is just to vaccinate as many people as possible And then you look at situations where you want to vaccinate the people that are the most vulnerable to severe illness or areas that seem to be the most vulnerable to spread uh, to really try and prevent hospitalizations and give our healthcare system uh, the ability to look after people properly, but also just um, make sure that we're blocking as much transmission as possible. Does that especially come into play when it comes to this <laughs> double mutant variant? Like, do we really, is, is, is that really like a kick in the butt? Like, we really have to get these vaccines going? Or, or is there more to it to when it comes to protecting people from, from these, these variants? Well, I think right now it's important to do both things. You know, I think when you look at the restrictions that are in place and then the vaccination program, you look at those things as being complementary right now. And so, you know, the restrictions on travel, on, you know, um, getting together in less well-ventilated areas, indoors, things like that is to spread, is, is to reduce transmission at this key time. Um, and also to prevent things like these double variants from going throughout a community and causing a lot of problems for our healthcare system. You know, the vaccination strategy then is kind of complementary to that in that, you know, by buying this time and then vaccinating people as rapidly as possible, the hope is to eliminate people getting really sick and ending up in the hospital altogether. Yeah, we're talking about hope here. What, what's giving you hope personally that you see coming down the pipe and, and what's going on here? Uh, I think the vaccinations give me hope. You know, we, 
in the first wave, we were seeing people over 70 coming to the hospital, getting very ill, and, and many of them dying. Um, we can see the success of the vaccination program because I can tell you a lot of those people are no longer coming into the hospital. This is unfortunately being replaced in the third wave by younger people coming to the hospital who have not received their vaccination yet. Uh, personally, I'm not aware of someone who is vaccinated getting very ill. You can still get COVID if you're vaccinated, but uh, I've not seen cases um, where someone comes in with life-threatening critical illness uh, who has ha- who's been able to have the vaccine. So that gives us all a lot of hope. Yeah, and when it comes to the vaccine too, just maybe we should reiterate this, because if you're hearing all these things about, you know, Pfizer and AstraZeneca and all that, but the first, when it comes to vaccines, the first vaccine you're offered is the best vaccine. Would you agree? Absolutely. You know, I think we hear a lot of different things about vaccines, but, uh, you know, I think our motto is get vaccine in arms as fast as you can. Um, Some people, you know, have read the literature and they say that, oh, well, this one's 95%, this one's 78%. I think that um, you're splitting hairs there because when you look at those kind of numbers, um, when you actually look at all the vaccines and say, what's the effectiveness of preventing significant major disease? They're actually all, you know, 90 something percent. Right. You know, you, you know, some of them, maybe you might get a bit of flu like symptoms when you, if you get exposed to COVID, but you're not going to die. And so, and you're probably not going to end up in the hospital really sick. So, you know, I encourage people to get, you know, uh, vaccine in arms. You know, I know there's some concerns about certain vaccines and, and the clotting uh, situation. Uh, but, you know, when you look at things, you look at the incidence of some of these clotting episodes is one in 250,000. And, you know, the incidence of significant, you know, um, side effects or health problems from getting COVID or even death as being much higher than that, you know, and I think the government's done a good job at, at trying to kind of offer, you know, the AstraZeneca vaccine to the appropriate population that kind of balances off those risks that you're seeing. Yeah, you know, Eve, I, I'm a person of science. I get vaccines, all this stuff, but, and I'm going to get, I, I can I can sign up, it's over 30. I think I'm allowed to get the AstraZeneca here in BC. Yeah. Um, I, in the, honestly, doctor, because of all the stuff I'm reading, in the back of my mind, I have all those things running around, but I'm going to go do it. I'm going to, it, it doesn't matter. So I, I just find this fascinating for the, the place we are and where, where people are thinking. And I wonder if maybe you could ask you one quick last question. Um, we're asking what, sure. when this is all over and said and done and you're walking out the door ready to go, whatever it is you do, doctor, what's that song that's going to play? What's your walkout music when COVID is all over? <laughs> oh, I know I threw you when on the COVID sp- is all over. Yeah, I know I put you on the spot um, there, but I just thought I'd throw it at you. I, you know, I, I think I would like not really a song. Yeah. But I think I probably like yell, like you know that scene in Braveheart where yes. at the very end he goes freedom. Yes. So I just I just yell freedom out as loud as I can. So <laughs> so of course that might not be the greatest because Braveheart died at the end there. Still, but, still the sentiment but, is good. You know, I just, get it. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 <laughs> Right on, Doc. Awesome. Thanks for the time today and the info. It was a great chat. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot. All right. All the best. Bye-bye. It's the Shift Podcast. Ryan, take it away. Uh, Intro? Oh, hit the intro. Okay. (laughs) In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ryan (laughs) O'Donnell. 
Oh, that was priceless. Oh, that was great, that was good. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, that was fun. You know, we can just end the show now. Can we just play the extra? Yeah. We're done. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna have to make an intro out of what just happened there. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. That was great. Uh, man, we got some great stuff uh, to talk about. We're gonna talk a little bit about the Oscars. An mm-hmm. interesting trend on how you could make some money uh, as like a side hustle. But first, the internet once again remains undefeated. Here's a headline for you. Hundreds of people named Josh battle in Nebraska with pool noodles over the name Josh. That's something like a guy named Josh would do. I'm serious. <laughs> this happened. I'm literally hundreds of people showed up for a pool noodle battle to decide who will be the ultimate Josh. Does now does the ultimate Josh, do the, all the other Joshes lose the name Josh, and Josh is the only Josh after this? Uh, well, you're going to have to find oh, out, okay. because uh, CBS News, they they were boots on the ground for this <laughs> battle. And it, oh, this is such a weird story. Let's get the clip. It was an absolute Josh pit at Lincoln Air Park on Saturday. Big Josh, Spider Josh, Little Josh, a plethora of Joshes gathered from all over the country to compete in the ultimate showdown. I'm coming from Minnesota. I'm coming all the way from Dallas. So I'm from Omaha. I'm from Wichita, Kansas. I drove four and a half hours to be here. And of course, the man who started it all, Josh Swain of Arizona. I'm feeling pretty insane right now. It's kind of out of body right now. I honestly couldn't really tell you. I have probably a billion thoughts going through my head at the moment. A year ago, Swain took to Facebook and challenged as many Josh Swains as he could to a battle royale. The winner would earn the right to keep the name. As the idea went viral, Swain decided to use the opportunity to contribute to charity, the Lincoln Food Bank, and the Children's Hospital and Medical Center. Josh Swain of Omaha took a year to prepare and competed in an epic duel of rock, paper, scissors, best of three. They tied three times straight, but the original Josh Swain emerged victorious. Uh, I, I found another Josh Swain that was amazing, did not expect that to happen, and I came out on top. That's when the real competition began. Josh's from all over gathered in a circle to compete in a noodle fight. After an intense competition, the tiniest competitor, four-year-old Josh Vincent Jr. of Lincoln, affectionately known as like Little Josh, came out victorious. I always fight everyone. You fight everyone! <laughs> Little Josh spoke with Channel 8 after his victory. How much fun did you have out there today? A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh, it's pretty awesome, man. He's going to remember this for the rest of his life. This did, you, happened. did you hear the play-by-play? Josh hits Josh. Josh got Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are so many things to cover here. So first off, this event is basically, do you remember two years ago, Area 51? There was a Facebook group where the guy said, we're going to raid Area 51. I want as many people as possible yes. to run like they're in Naruto, the anime, hop over the fence and storm the gates and find the aliens. And then everybody hyped it up like hundreds of thousands of people signed up and then like less than a hundred people showed up (laughs) and that's because they all thought they were going to get shot by the u.s military well here everybody's like oh it's fine it's just pool noodles yeah but uh, there's a pandemic happening so still kind of dangerous however this is what the shocking thing for me almost every single person i saw in the josh fight (laughs) was wearing a mask like i was very impressed really oh yeah yeah except for the little joshua but he's only four he's okay 
Yeah, I yeah. think he's okay. I love that a four-year-old one. Oh. So throughout this kid's life, he's going to grow up Josh. and he will just be the ultimate Josh. <laughs> and he has rights to that. You oh. can say that he is the ultimate Josh, no question. And I respect that. I respect that so much. It, this is the kind of thing where it's absurd, yeah. but I love it. It's a very, it's a nice kind of dose of of happiness f- from absurdity. Yeah, I hope everybody was safe and COVID conscious. But like, really, when you woke up today, did you think you were going to hear the story of <laughs> hundreds of thou- hundreds of people named Josh hitting each other with pool noodles? No, and and when you first when I first saw because I don't read these, I'd like to get the story and react. And I was like, okay, this sounds like a bunch of frat boys, and it's just like. You know, everything that I hate about that culture. But no, you're right. Once you started hearing it and hearing Josh hit Josh and Josh from Omaha and Harry Josh and drummer Josh, who were all there, I'm sure. And I, and to your point, I didn't even think about COVID safety protocols. I was just so caught up in the joy of the Josh mm-hmm. bash that, yeah, yeah, wow. Thanks for that. I, that was great. Yeah. I really they needed that. They weren't joshing around. No. They were not joshing around. That was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's an amazing story. So That's thank great. you, Josh, and the other Josh, Josh, and all 389 other Joshes that were there. Thank you, Josh. Okay, let's talk about the Oscars. Oh, okay, here we go. This isn't going to be a long chat, because really, it was a pretty standard Oscars. Um, wh- one of the things I liked about it was there wasn't really a lot of front runners. It was mm-hmm. like, these are all pretty good. And that's kind of the theme is all, all of the movies this year were were good, like the best picture ones. Yeah. But compared to other years, obviously the pandemic hasn't had an impact on uh, film and the Oscar ceremony. Yeah. Uh, now, of the movies in the uh, best picture, I have only seen two of them. Okay. I've only seen Promising Young Woman and okay. The Trial of the Chicago 7. Okay. Uh, I don't know much about the other movies. I'm planning on watching uh, The Sound of Metal. I'm a huge metalhead. I love metal music. So okay, I was I'm just, excited to. I yeah, was just telling that. Brandon. I just watched it on Thursday, and man, it is awesome. Right. So yeah. there's so many amazing movies here. Now the upset, the 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 category. Obviously, the amazing thing. Uh, first woman of color winning best director for a uh, for for a film which is incredible mm-hmm. and uh from my brother who watched Nomadland he said it's basically a 2 hour vice documentary that's really really pretty so it's very well shot wow. and it's very well edited huh. but he's like yeah the movie's okay in his opinion yeah, yeah. but um sure. the thing that's got everybody talking is the fact that Chadwick Boseman who tragically man that one sucked uh passed away from cancer mm-hmm. Uh, his performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, a lot of people thought that he was going to get a posthumous Oscar for his performance, which is apparently fantastic. And Anthony Hopkins, who was actually kind of the sleeper in this, won for The Father. Now, if you don't know anything about The Father, that movie is about a man who has dementia. And the whole movie is from his perspective. So in one scene, he's talking to his daughter He'll turn his head and turn back, and it's a completely different actress playing his daughter, which is terrifying, brilliant. So uh, from what I've heard, his performance is unbelievable. So this is what I'm interested to see is with Chadwick's death, that does add like, oh, I want him to get the Oscar. Which one of these performances is going to sit better for the next five years? Which one will people look back on and go, yeah, Mm -hmm. that was the best picture aside Mm -hmm. from the hype? Like 
when Heath Ledger won Best Supporting yep. for the Darth and Dark Knight, yep. nobody would debate that now. Well, maybe some people. Yeah, yeah. Most people would agree that his performance in that movie deserved him that Oscar. Yeah. So I'm excited to see down the line hmm. which one of these performances ages and see if the you know the Academy was avoiding the hype around it and right. wasn't really looking at you know looking yep. at all these actors with a clean slate. Right. Uh, regardless. So many firsts in the Oscars tonight. Uh, the first Korean to win. Awesome. Actress uh, in a supporting role. Yeah. And uh, Frances McDormand winning again. She's insane. Like, she's so Yeah, good. she really but, is. She's so talented, yeah. yeah. So interesting interesting yeah. stuff. But uh, Yeah, I was upset yeah. that uh, Riz Ahmed, for The Sound of Metal, mm-hmm. he got snubbed, which, again, that's a tough one because I really like that guy. And with the yeah. posthumous award, I mean... <laughs> I don't know how I feel about those. Can, I, I I feel like they should have their own category or or just give mm-hmm. it to them because, to your point, it, it will be debated in the future. But I feel like, um, just you know, guys like Riz and other actors like this was literally their shot. Yeah. You know, and I understand it, Chad, and I understand the the attachment and and everything that he tragically died and and, but I don't know. I just feel like. You can give a posthumous award next year or the year after. You know what I mean? Like he could get yeah. that award no matter what. So to put him in with the the other ones, I don't know if I don't know how I feel about that when it comes to awards. To be honest with you, but that's it's just a touchy me. subject. Yeah, it is. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer no, here. That's right. You're totally uh, right. Yeah. The thing, though, no matter what, is nobody will take away that Chadwick's last film and his last performance oh, was his best and was incredible. I've seen clips of the movie, and yeah. I, I am excited to watch it. So. Yeah, for sure. Congrats to all the winners, especially uh, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Yeah. An amazing achievement there. Uh, so let's talk about money and specifically how you, yes, you, Listener, me, me? can oh. make some money. Yeah, you too, Eric. Okay, sure. sweet. Yes, I need some. As soon as my thing loads. Okay. okay. Here's the big thing that the pandemic has brought forward. Reselling clothes. Vintage clothes. Mm-hmm. The market is exploding, and it's going to get even bigger over the next decade, thanks to people being socially conscious over the environment. Also, people appreciating fashion from past decades especially the 90s and the 70s mm-hmm. this stuff is blowing up there's a lot of money to be had here so global's robin gill took a look at the so-called used economy and how it's helping one thrifter turn a hobby into a pretty successful hide sauce a side hustle wow words laurel grad has a side hustle i'm a professional shopper in a way a nurse by day and a thrift seeker at night. I think it's slowly turning into a career I didn't know I would have. The 31-year-old spends her free time perusing thrift stores, looking for deals on trendy clothes and then reselling them online. She's made some serious cash on sites like Facebook Marketplace and apps like Poshmark. In our first year of operations here in Canada, we had had 1.4 million uh, active users. So that definitely shows the, the hunger and the appetite for the resale market. Poshmark launched in 2019, but there are similar apps that are pushing the used economy. Within the next 10 years, what we're going to see is the global market for these secondhand purchases is going to go up to, they're, they're saying $80 billion worldwide. Consumer trends show a younger generation wants to be more socially conscious while saving. Consumers want to be more ecologically conscious. Um, obviously, if you buy secondhand, 
you're using resources that exist rather than purchasing new stuff. You're choosing to, uh, wanting to extend the item, uh, the life of the item. Thrift stores have been around for generations. They rely on Canadians to clean out their closets and donate the items. Many thrift stores help fund outreach programs for low-income families. So are the thrift seekers robbing them of their bottom line? That was a dilemma facing Laurel Grad until she did some research. They need us to buy it. So 99% of their income comes from buyers. And so they want people to come in, buy the clothes, and then that can go back into the community. Her conscience clear. She's now thinking about giving up nursing. Her business on the side is growing. My hope is that I make five to 10,000 in a month from selling secondhand clothing. What started out as a hobby to make a little extra cash just may be a full-time job after all, Robin Gill, Global News, Vancouver. Sweet man. Take a look through your closet. I don't have anything. Don't look have at anything. it. Well, take a look at through your pile of clothes on the floor or wherever they are. And chances are there is a sweater in there that you haven't worn in 20 years that some millennial like me would die for. Wow. And there are there is money to be made here. Etsy, Poshmark, Facebook Marketplace. This is a huge market. And the thing is, like... I've got a couple of pieces that I could make some serious cash on. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I have this absolutely crazy 1990s Calgary Flames starter jersey. Oh. It is one of the most absurd pieces of clothing I've ever seen. I got it from a very sweet lady in Red Deer on her Etsy. Nice. And then I later found out that that jersey can be worth up to six hundred dollars no, in right condition really i'm never gonna sell it it's no. like i'm never gonna go to a flames game not wow but seriously take a look yeah. through your closet and find some stuff and that being said if anybody is in possession of vintage south park t-shirts hit me up ryan at it's the shift.ca i'm looking for towelie merch gotta match my shoes <laughs> you know what there's a I'll, I'll give him a shout out uh f is in frank Vintage clothing. Look them up. They're fantastic. They're second or third generation vintage clothing hunters, and they have some great stuff. I had a friend that worked there for a while, and he actually he found a, a Chevrolet, like the vehicle, diet in a coat in a in a in a in a jean jacket coat pocket, and it literally was drink milk and eat steak for a week straight. And so he did it, and he got <laughs> he got really sick. So if oh. you ever find that day, that day, don't do it. Drinking milk Thanks. and eating steak is not healthy but man second i have a i can't buy secondhand i have a germ thing like an ultimate weird germ thing and i can't wear something that someone else did interesting fair Mm. enough i mean i kind of like the i mean it's washed and vintage clothes have a smell to them it's like i've been sitting in a closet for 10 years yeah yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's like that dusty, mothy smell. No, I get, I, I totally dig it. And I'll go in and look, but I just never purchase because I just can't. And there is some wonderful stuff. So yeah, check your closet. Make some bucks. Poshmark, I see that commercial all the time. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.